Welcome back to the Last Prepper Standing Podcast, episode number 18. Today I'm talking about the SHTF event that no one talks about. Um, this came to light when I was proposed. Kind of a simple question is what is the SHTF event that you're preparing for that nobody else sees coming? And in this day and age, a lot of people want to take credit for knowing that the the virus was going to happen, knowing that forced vaccines were going to happen. And there's a lot of people who gave everybody a big heads up, but it was also talked about and written about a lot. It just wasn't brought to the mainstream attention to people. And one of the ones that I don't think is brought to the mainstream attention to people, but it's out there, is a complete collapse of the food supply when it comes to animals and this can be done many different ways and we kind of saw some of that in 2020 when they were getting rid of um, large uh, amounts of milk when they were killing off a whole bunch of chickens and then now we're seeing that again when they're talking about an avian flu they're talking about the monkey pox and they're having to get rid of certain animals who may have been exposed to it. There's a lot of different stuff that could go into something that would lead towards a complete collapse of the food supply when it comes to the meat industry. Now, the meat industry in America is feeding um, a, a huge pop part of the population. They, Based on these numbers from the North American Meat Institute, um, and these numbers go back from 2017. The meat and poultry industry is the largest segment of U.S. agriculture. U.S. P- meat production totaled 52 billion pounds in 2017. And the U.S. poultry production totaled another 48 billion pounds. So that's a whole lot of food when you're um, trying to supply a population of what they estimate is about 326 million people. Of that food supply, whether it be the chickens, the cattle, the turkeys, the sheeps, the hogs, whatever it is, ends up going belly up or there's a um, some sort of virus that infects them from uh, actual like kind of what we saw like in the UK with the... Um, the bo- the mad cow disease, which was really just, uh, it's called, I believe it's bovine spongiformia, and that's something that could transmit to other people, but we've seen outbreaks of that before, and we've seen where they were trying to hype up an avian, avian flu amongst the chickens and everything, so we're really, we're really susceptible to a complete uh, meat supply chain collapse, which will just have catastrophic implications economically too because so much of the cattle industry is dependent upon it so maybe they their primary um, industry is is meat but they also also farm other stuff if these companies fail and go out of business we're going to see just kind of a cascading effect you're going to have a lot of truckers and other and meat factory employees and all these people who just flat out are out of work and go out of business because they're dependent upon the meat industry i think something that we don't think about enough is Americans is exactly you know where our food comes from because even during 2020 2021 2022 for the most part we can walk right into the grocery store and get some meat now at the start of 2022 all that you saw some definitely definite supply chain issues where it was hard to get what you need but for the most part the industry just kept going so what if that industry completely collapsed completely went away how would you get your meat 
What other foods would you rely on? That's something as preppers that we have to think about because this SHTF event could be just as big as Grid Down. It could be just as big as an EMP attack. It could be just as big as Civil War II. It could be just as big as an economic collapse. It could be just as big as any of these things that people talk about. You just don't hear a lot about it. Now, lately, um, some people kind of connected the pieces to the puzzle and have pointed out how many uh, food supply and uh, meat production plants have been burning down. If you haven't looked that up, I encourage you to go look it up because it very much seems like a coordinated attack because the statistic probability of this many places having this many different types of problems is almost unfathomable. And it really wouldn't make sense because nothing like this has ever happened before, but it's happening now. There's something that's called an extinction extinction rebellion. I, I encourage you to go look that up. It's a leftist form. It's a leftist agenda, and the leftist agenda is something that we do have to be worried about when it become when it comes to the food supply chain too. Because of course, who else but Bill Gates is the biggest owner of private farmland in America. Now he owns, I believe, it's upwards of. 242,000 acres of farmland and they assess that at a, a value of 690 million dollars now he owns all that farmland so he could do whatever he wants with it whether that farmland is producing meat whether that farmland is producing um, some sort of other agricultural stuff if he just decides he wants that farmland to sit there and do nothing he could do that. There's no requirement forcing him to produce anything from that farmland. So the guy who believes that the world is overpopulated controls more agricultural land than anyone else in America right now, which is in and of itself very scary to think about. So between the uh, the the plants at the fires, uh, the fires at the at the plants. Between Bill Gates owning most of the farmland, you also have FBI is warns. This is a Zero Hedge article from April 2022. The FBI warns of a targeted cyber attack on food plants after the mysterious rash of fires. Now, those rash of fires are still going on. Cyber attacks are still happening. So to say that we could have a complete collapse of our food supply from the meat standpoint is not an overstatement. It's not it's not something that may happen. It could be something that's currently happening right now. We've already seen how quick the baby formula uh, situation became a problem. To me, the baby formula is obviously going to only affect a small uh, portion of the population, but so much of the American diet and so many of the uh, American people are completely dependent upon meat production. So maybe this is a test run to see how the general public will react to the baby formula shortage to see what type of response the federal government's able to handle, um, what type of control they're able to get so that when there's a complete c collapse of the meat production and the food supply on that end, they have kind of a test run of how they're going to come in and take over. So this to me is something that needs to be on everybody's radar when it comes to um, what catastrophic event you should prep for. This is why we want to have food supplies and we want to, as Barry Independence says, stack it to the rafters. Stack that food to the rafters. You're never going to be in a situation where you're mad that you had too much food. You're never going to be mad that you had too much ammo, but we're mostly just talking about food right now. And one of the four 
pillars of prepping when I talk about mission 2024 is the basic preps and basic preps comes down to your food storage. Have you broken down how long you survive independently from the grid, whether you're reproducing and you have, and you're doing a garden or you have livestock of your own, how, how, what's the shelf life of that livestock? My chickens are maybe two years into laying eggs. They're supposed to lay eggs for five to six years. So I have two to maybe three more years of food or food production from them that may dry up we recently lost a chicken so if we continue to lose chickens how does that um how does that adjust our long-term survival plans your gardens are they seasonal are you gardening year-round how much are you able to produce on your own so you're going to have the production that you make on your own and you're also going to have how much do you just have in storage how much are you able to dip back into that's something you have to really think about do you have three months do you have three years do you actually even know exactly how much you have that's something you're going to have to ask yourself because the major shtf event that people are not talking about is a complete collapse of the food industry whether it be businesses going out of business because they can't afford shipping costs anymore because diesel diesel is so high Maybe it's businesses that can no longer continue because they can't hire a staff because that staff doesn't want to get an experimental jab. Or maybe that staff is entirely sick and they can't continue to go to work. There were so many food uh, companies, whether people want to remember it or not, that shut down because there were huge outbreaks of the virus at those food production companies and they were not able to continue to uh, run the plant because they didn't have any staff. Maybe the economic situation gets so bad that people don't want to show up to work anymore. So people don't want to process the chicken. People don't want to process the cows. And you end up in a situation where the entire food chain supply collapses. That is an event that is not talked about enough. It's an event that people have to consider and think about. And I encourage you to dig down and do uh, do your own deep research. Look into um, what's been going on with the rash of fires. Look at how people's response were when mad cow disease was going on. How much they completely destroyed. What did they come up with some bullshit P, uh, PCR test like we've seen with the vid um, that go ahead and they start testing the livestock. And they say, oh, we got to kill all this livestock. They have this virus. And Bill Gates with all his land decides that he doesn't want to produce any more um, farming. We're going to end up in a situation where not only is like we've already seen a huge increase in, in food, right? So your food prices are going up, which is creating um, hardship for a lot of people. But what if not only was the food expensive, it just wasn't available. The sooner you start prepping for this, the better. I encourage you guys to do it because like I've said several times now, it really is an event that most people will not warn you about. Um, It gets a little boring when you're just stacking the food when you're filling up the freezer when you're stocking back the the supplies of mres when you're stacking up the canned goods it could be it could be one of the least sexy things about prepping it's not buying guns and ammo it's not going to the range it's not any of that stuff it's just creating a food supply for yourself uh, uh, a deep pantry i know some people who you know they feel like they're preppers and i'm sure they are i think they are 
whose food supply is maybe three weeks and they keep their food in a normal rotation. Well, maybe that food supply based on the current climate and the current world that we're living in needs to be three years. I used to suggest three months to all our members, anyone who wanted to become part of the American Prepper Group, anyone who was gonna be in that and engage with us, that's the one minimum I said, you need to have three months. I'm getting closer and closer, especially the way the world's been, to saying if you wanna be part of this group, you need to have three years worth of food. Because it could get very, very serious for a very long time. And that's becoming more and more clear to me as I go along in my prepper journey. You know, we all we all go through different phases of our prepper journey. And I'm at the phase where, you know, I was hoping for the best and preparing for the worst. But now I feel like I need to understand that the worst is coming. And I need to prepare for even worse than what I'm thinking it will be. It's just kind of a sign of the times and where we're at. Because, you know, when you go to the... You go to the grocery store, and I encourage everybody to do this. You go to the grocery store and you walk around, whether it's um, paper goods, whether it's baby formula, whether it's um, wheat products or meat products or whatever it is. Do you really feel like you're living in a first world country right now? Do you really feel like everything's stable? Just look at the prices. One of the gauges we use because our kids love spaghetti is, is you know, what's the price of spaghetti? Uh, 18 years ago when we had our first kid, price of spaghetti was about 50 cents. 50 cents for a pound of spaghetti, you get it in the box, you're good to go, cheap, affordable, don't got to worry about it, especially as a young family first starting out. And, you know, here we are 18 late, eighteen years later, and the food, the, a pound of spaghetti I've seen as high as like about two twenty five, which is just insane. As of today, um, we're looking at June 5th, when I went to the grocery store, it was $1.28. But from 50 cents to $1.28... If you were someone who's been retired or you've been on a fixed income for the last 18 years, that's a huge hardship on you. That adds to the price. We're all being hurt by the price of gas. The The price of gas may lead to the food, the food industry collapsing because these farmers who work on very thin margins as it is, maybe they can't absorb the increase in diesel to get their cattle to the to the. Uh, meat processing plant. Maybe they can't afford to buy the feed for their cattle because the feed has gone up so much as as has been conveyed to me the price of the chicken feed for our chickens is just going astronomical. Everything's getting more expensive and those costs are being passed along to the consumer and it's also being passed along to these business owners who work on very thin margins. So I encourage you to prepare as much food as you can. Bear Independence says it, and I love the phrase, and I always give him credit for it when I say it, but stack that food to the rafters. Do it now, guys. It's This is the crisis that no one's talking about. But we know what's coming. We know how to be prepared because that's the lifestyle that we live as preppers. Now, to jump into another topic real quick, that's, that's the crux of the show. That's what I got for you. I want you guys to really think about that and dig into those topics I gave you, but there was an enormous amount of positive res- reply to setting up a three-day campout event for preppers. And that's something I'm going to be working on. It'll be fall 2023. So keep following me at the last prepper standing at American Prepper Group and at the Prepper Syndicate on Instagram. That's where we run most of our stuff. Um, I appreciate you guys listening. The podcast is going great. A lot of views, a lot of great feedback. I try to interact with everyone I can, whether it's on Last Prepper Standing or um, 
American prepper group. Those are the two I'm going to interact with people the most. If you're a prepper or you're a prepper influencer, I encourage you to reach out to me and interact with me on the Prepper Syndicate on Instagram. I reshare a lot of stuff there because my ultimate goal is just to get as many people as prepared as I can for selfish reasons because the more people that are prepared, the less people I have to deal with. And there's a shit ton of people in this world. And at the end of the day, that's going to be our biggest problem. So just keep prepping. Keep in mind, Mission 2024, we're talking about group building, survival skills, your basic preps, and your fitness. Those are the four pillars of prepping, the four key aspects of Mission 2024. Stay survived and keep that NOAA mentality.